right, all right, all right, day 259. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so John chapter 5, we pick up right where we left off in the Gospel of John. Now, remember, John is the beloved gospel in the early church, and this is about the beloved disciple telling us about uh, our beloved Jesus, right? Um, The one who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And these things are written so that we may believe that very confession. And guess what? Not just believe it, but also have life as a result of believing it, right? And so uh, John chapter 5, picks up with this sign. Now, this is a third sign. Now, remember, John has seven signs in the first 12 chapters. And so the third sign is Christ healing a man who was disabled for 38 years on the Sabbath. Now, it's interesting because the controversy comes here from the Jewish leaders of the day because the healing was on the Sabbath. And Jesus responds to them. And what he says to them has to be provocative to their ears. And what Christ is going to do is he's going to give them insight into the Trinitarian nature of his work and mission. That's why when they accuse him of breaking the Sabbath, you know what he says? He says, my father is still working and I am working also. Now, 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 now think about the turn of phrase there. Uh, it's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. The thing that the Jews were mad at was that the, um, the, the man who was healed on the Sabbath picked up his mat They literally say that he picked up his mat on the Sabbath. We don't have time to go into uh, all of the different sectors of Judaism in the first century and how they always squibble about Sabbath, fam. And uh, here, Jesus is like, no, 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 my father's not working also. And so the Jews knew exactly what he meant by this because it says after he said that, they wanted his head, right? And they were trying to put a head out on him. And John, again, records these things so that we, we may believe that Jesus really is the son. So over and over, he would call God father, right? And one of the things I think this text is trying to show us is this doctrine of inseparable operations, right? And it's just a big theological term that basically means that um, every person of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, work uh, inseparably uh, with the others in every action they do outside of themselves, right? So in other words, uh, another simple, simplified way of saying that is that all of God is involved in what all of God does, right? All of God is involved in what all of God does. And Jesus proves this uh, as he continues in chapter five. um, And he talks about, you know, truly I tell you, like the son is not able to do anything on his own, right? But only what he sees the father doing. For whoever, uh, for whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. And he would say that the father gives life in the chapter. He would say, so does the son. Uh, And later later he would actually say, "So so does the spirit, right? He says that the judgment belongs to the son. And we know that the father does this as well. And he would even say that the honor that belongs to the father belongs to the son why why is this important because the reason the reason this is important and not irrelevant is because all of the persons of the trinity deserve the same glory (laughs) they they all deserve the same worship the same adoration the same reliance the same uh dependence right and he just runs theological circles around the jews at this time um um with the way he speaks about himself and about the father and how he's coming the father's name and he has the father's uh he he uh, has a testimony of the father he doesn't want you to just believe in him but believe in the in the father the one who sent him and so listen any denial of jesus is a denial of god right so many people in our culture uh vaguely say no no i believe in god no no no, i love god i'm i'm god fearing but a lot of people don't want anything to do with jesus and what christ is saying is ain't none of that like like that doesn't fly in his kingdom (laughs) he's saying that i am the one true access point to the triune life of the trinity himself itself 
I, I am the only access point. And these Jews failed to get that. And Christ wants us desperately to get that today. John chapter 6. A lot happens. Basically, John is going to lump uh, the feeding of the 5,000, uh, which we won't go into here, with uh, the walking on water, right? These two uh, miracles are in every single gospel, and they're always next to each other. Very good. So here, all of that takes place. But the only difference in John's gospel is that after those two miracles, Jesus does a lot more explaining, right, uh, than he does there. So he will use this miracle to illustrate something about himself, and namely, he will say that I am the bread of of life. Now, remember, uh, John, he loves double entendres. So he'll do something physically meant to point to and it's meant to point to something spiritual. Right. He says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, uh, verse 35, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty. Again, I love 47. He says, truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He says it again. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. <laughs> This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. What does he mean? Well, what he means is that he is the only one. Jesus is the only one being the bread of life who can give us eternal life. Yes, yes, absolutely. And he can give us that eternal life now. Right. But he also is the only one who deeply nourishes the human soul. Right. He's the only thing that satisfies the deep spiritual longings and hungers that are inherent to all of us as human beings, right? He's the only one, right? We, we can't get full on anything else. Like we have this God, like we have this God-sized hole in our hearts and, and Jesus the only is the only one that can satisfy it, right? And again, we try to let other things and make other things be the point of satisfaction. And Jesus said, no, 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 like that's why I came. <laughs> and it's wild because Jesus weaves the scriptures together so smoothly here. Right. He he talks about, um, you know, and makes the point about the Passover and how the body and the blood that we symbolically take in represent his very own body and blood that was poured out and broken for us. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's a way we, we commemorate his death. Right. But also uh, it, it, it's a meal of nourishment. It's, it's a meal of, of 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 guiding and instructing us in faith as we come to the table, uh, recognizing that true sustenance only comes from him. Right. It, it also echoes back to the manna in the wilderness. Remember Israel. Right. The manna in the wilderness. God fed them every single day. The text says. Right. They never ate regular food. Deuteronomy 29 says it says God fed them from heaven. And what God is saying to you and I today is that he's still in the same business. <laughs> like he he he, he ain't got like the bread business you dig what i'm saying he's still in the same bread business right he feeding us he feeds us by the bread of life who is jesus himself um and that manna i love it that manna that god gave the israelites in the wilderness was enough to lead them into the promised land it was a it was enough to lead them into the life he wanted them to have and and i want to share with you today this bread that god is going to give you yes god uh jesus teaches us to pray you know father give us a daily bread lord's prayer of course we need physical bread but more just as much more than we need physical bread we need the spiritual bread right and i want you our prayer today should be that god would give us more of the bread of life so that we can live the life we're called to live now that is only a foretaste of the life we're going to have with christ in the future chapter seven <sighs> chapter seven um chapter seven is characterized by unbelief now this is the festival cycle so if you see in these texts jesus keeps going to these jewish festivals so the beginning of chapter seven uh, Jesus' brothers uh, uh, and his own family don't believe. So, so he going. He's going to these festivals, and um, in in um, in seven, uh, seven is the chapter of unbelief. So, 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 
uh, Jesus is going to these festivals and um, his brothers don't believe in the beginning. And by the end of seven, the Jewish leaders don't believe it either. And Jesus, being the faithful Jew that he is, makes his way to Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths, right? And this was one of the pilgrimage feasts, right? So uh, three times a year, uh, Israel would go, uh, at least in the Old Testament, three times a year, they would go uh, to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, Unleavened Bread slash Passover, uh, uh, Feast of Weeks, which is also called Pentecost. We'll see more of that in, that in Acts. And um, um, in Feast of Booths, right? And the Feast of Booths basically uh, commemorated and celebrated that God dwelt with his people in the wilderness, right? Through the tabernacle. And so he goes to um, uh, uh, Feast of Booths, and they are confused here about the identity of the Messiah. And Christ stands up on the last day, and he yells this, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, <clears throat> as the scripture said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. I love it. I love it. In other words, he's saying, you'll have the Holy Spirit, right? And um, we'll never, listen, we'll never be able to comprehend Jesus or come to him. And thus have eternal life that he wants to give us if we don't recognize uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in doing it. Right. In John chapter four, I love it because he harked back to the living water that came from him. Remember that he says, I can give you living water. He said that to the Samaritan woman here. He talks about the living water that would come from them. Right. The presence of God comes to live inside the believer. Right. When we believe in Jesus. And thus, we now possess the spirit of Christ is what Paul's going to call it, right? The Holy Spirit uh, comes to live inside of us and empower us. Listen, the reason John is so good, because he, he, he highlights the work of all three persons of the Godhead. And what I've found is many of us in our Christian life are either father forgetful, right? Um, we forget that God is a father and we need to remember his love and validation as his children, right? Um, or, or some of us are just Holy Spirit uh, neglectful, right? Where we, we don't really realize that God has empowered us with the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, G. That raised him from the dead, fam. No, 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 from the dead, bro. Like, that's so wild. And, and, and that very same spirit is meant to lead you and point you back to Jesus, but also empower you, right? Uh, 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 to live the life he's called you to live and at the same time transform you into the person he's trying to make you out to be, right? And so Jesus comes and sheds light and bigs up the other persons of the Godhead. Last chapter, John chapter eight, and it's a text, uh, eight, one through 11 is a text that isn't, isn't in some of the earliest manuscripts, all of the Bibles, the modern Bibles are very clear about that, but it, but it speaks of the woman caught up in adultery. Uh, Christ comes to her defense, right? Against those that sought to shame her and demean her because of her sin. Nevertheless, in eight twelve, he makes another, I am statement. Now remember he has these seven miracles or seven signs. Uh, and then he has these seven, I am statements. So it says, Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. <laughs> Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Oh my God. Listen, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the only person who can illuminate the way to the life we all deeply want, right? The life of wholeness, of freedom, of healing, of life that truly is life. This is what Jesus can do i love it at the at the at the back end of this chapter jesus is talking to the jews and they're like he's like yo man y'all of your father and they're like yo abraham not nah, god is our father and he says no no y'all of, of your father the devil <laughs> now one of the things that i've been thinking about in my own spiritual life listen is that um jesus is so clear that the devil is real 
right? Like, I think we tend to forget how real the devil is. And he says that this devil is a very intelligent, right? Um, a person with desires that is, uh, and, and that is a very good at lying and deceiving and tricking human beings, right? Um, and, 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 and we need to remember that we have an enemy and you know, Again, the, the very tactic he uses, according to Jesus, right, that he's using to tempt believers is lies, fam. It's lies. And so what we need to do is to remember that Satan is the father of lies and he wants to feed you lies, right? And so to, to, to fight and combat against that, we have to be confronted daily with the truths of Scripture. We have to encourage our brothers and sisters with the truths of scripture we have to remember truth and remember god and give ourselves over to truth in a world right full of lives and he ends this chapter talking about how um you know uh abraham was right and how he is now he makes a temporal statement about abraham and an eternal statement about himself and i think the point being uh jesus wants to make to these jews is that uh at the end of the day God doesn't have any grandchildren, right? Like nobody is grandfathered into the faith, right? You can't rest on the laurels of uh, your father being a faithful believer or your grandfather being a faithful believer. It's about you. And Jesus is confronting all of us every single day with the, the opportunity to believe in him. Yes, but also to believe him. Believe the, te the testimony he makes about himself and the testimony he's made about the life he wants to give us. Let's pray that we will believe it today. Father, we ask that we wouldn't believe the lies of the enemy. We know that he is the father of lies. God, I pray that we will be aware of the lies he's trying to speak to us today and that we will replace it with the truths of scripture in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own minds, but also in the minds and hearts and lives of our brothers and sisters around us. Father, give us the grace today to remember what you said and believe it. It's in Jesus' name we pray.